I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm just fired up to be here today. Pretty cool. Been been there, done that, Mackie. You don't need to ask him. He does that every Tuesday just to get the old blood flowing. of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say fuddle-duddle or something like that. I guess it turns out the budget doesn't balance itself. <laughs> After all. You know, a bunch of yahoos out in the front of Queen's Park. I don't want you. I don't want to hurt him. He's been there for about 350 years. I don't want to hurt him. Fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says, contribute here. Come on, man. Hi, everybody. Harry Carey here. Holy Swing it a drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here. And grand slam for Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Get another shot. Fight by the sword. And it does. And scores in Canada. Welcome to the edge of tomfoolery. We want to pop you up. Welcome to the Edge of Tomfoolery. My name is Bruce Mackey. Here at the Edge of Tomfoolery, we like talking sports, we like talking music, and the politics. And we get a little tomfoolery in there in the middle. Uh, Not with us tonight, the mayor of Ivanhoe, Bobby Morris. We think he's got a case of the Omicron. We actually don't know, but we're just... I mean, if you have a broken nail these days, that's what you've got, right? If, it's, if you're sick, it's the Omicron. So Bobby's not with us, but the uh, former mayor of Calgary, Alberta, Stevie Height, is with us. Stevie, how are you? Uh, I'm doing excellent, Brucey. I'm doing just great tonight. How's your buddy, the, the uh, Nenshi, doing? What's he doing these days? Uh, well, uh, he's uh, he's a little bored right now, so I think he's, he's probably he's probably trying to get elected mayor of one of the smaller towns. I think he's he's running for mayor of Oles, Alberta this week. So, <laughs> good luck to you, Nancy. Is there any truth fine. to the rumor that you're going to take over Edmonton and just amalgamate it with Calgary? Yeah, we got one of these super trains we're going to build. It's going to be awesome. We got a, we got a, we got the Alberta Bullet. It's coming in, Brucey. It'll be great. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, tonight on the show, the podcast is called And Another Thing with Babel's own Jody Jenkins and Tony Clement. And Another Thing, Season 2 has just begun. This podcast continues to break records. Another fly-by-night question, Mr. Speaker. Uh, I would only say... Uh, as I've already reiterated, that on this side of the house, we would suggest that the honourable member come here with clean hands. Uh, Politics for me was something that I was exposed to as a kid. My grandfather was very involved in the political scene in Toronto. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman and uh, honourable members. I'm pleased to be here today to talk about the government's decision to replace the mandatory census long form with a voluntary form. So welcome to the show, Jody and Tony. Welcome. Good to have you here, guys. Hey, now. Great to be here. Yeah, well, hey listen, now. I know we talk politics. We just were talking before the show started, and we, we said, well, our show, we talk about the music, sports, and politics. And, Tony, your comment to me was, it's kind of like our show. 
<laughs> it sounds very similar. So it's great to have you on here. And we, we just talk, there's, you know, there's not much going on in politics these days and in the no. world of COVID. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, Jody, a former city councilor, candidate for mayor, candidate for, you, you've been in federal politics. Were you also in provincial politics too? I was. At yeah. One point. yeah, there you go. And, and uh, Tony, of course, you were the uh, Minister of Health in Ontario, Minister of Health in uh, for federally as well. How thankful are you that today you're not the Minister of Health? Well, it kind of cuts both ways because, yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, it's really tough being a decision maker right now with uh, with all this health emergency stuff going on in, into year three. But you can't help think when when a decision is made that you think you just sort of sort of scratch your head and go what what's going on there there's a part of you that that naturally thinks if i were there making that decision it would be a different decision right so it's a combination of the two yeah for sure so jody tell us uh you know how the podcast how does a former mayoral candidate and a former health minister get together and get started tell us about how you guys met and how this dream of a podcast and another thing started like over 100 episodes uh, now eh Oh, yeah, we've got quite a few episodes. And let me just say off the bat, and I don't know about you, Tony, but all that production from this show that Bruce did, like I feel inadequate now from our from a podcast perspective. So. I think we've got to fire our production assistant. <laughs> so, yeah, just like, oh, geez, uh, don't check out our podcast. Just um, No, Tony and I met uh, during the federal campaign. Actually, when I was uh, seeking the nomination, I met him. Actually, I think the first time I would have met him was at a Sir John A event at the Royal York in Toronto, I believe it was, what is it, is it his birthday to commemorate around that time? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, so I met Tony there, connected with him, said, look, I'm the candidate, would love any help you could offer, and Tony was, as, as he is with most candidates that I'm aware of, he was uh, more than willing to come and support and knock on doors and do some fundraisers, so we kind of stayed in touch and hit it off to a certain degree, and I wasn't elected, Tony was, and I, I just stayed in touch with Tony. I like Tony. So we visited, we, you know, we started playing golf together. Tony golfs a lot. I golf a lot. And uh, yeah, I said, I came up to him actually after he, he left politics and said, we should look at doing a podcast. Nice. It would be really interesting. And how, um, how hard is it to keep a podcast going like a schedule? Uh, what are the challenges that you face? I mean, Steve, Steve's a father of four. And yep. right now, your your door is locked behind you, Stevie. Is that right? So the kids don't get in? Yeah, I, I saw a little Jody doing a little nod there. And so I'm always nervous that uh, my kids are two, four, six, and eight. So I'm always nervous that there's going to be just a wave of humans just come crashing <laughs> in that door. So, so well, far, had, so good. I, I had my two-year-old come in right. <laughs> while you were playing the, the uh, intro. Were so. they clothed, though? That's the thing. Are they, got, are they fully clothed? She was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, it, you know what's interesting you said how hard is it to maintain a schedule it's very difficult but one thing tony and i both said is that we wanted to be consistent because one of the main reasons that podcasts don't succeed or don't get to a level they want to is because you'll do a couple weeks or a couple months and then it just loses priority right and we've been consistent since october i think our first show was october november of 2019 yeah We've, we have not stopped and we've got great partners now on the show and we're going to continue to grow. You guys are like way consistent. I looked at you and, and I mean, we've, we, we shut down for the summer and then we shut down over Christmas and 
life got in the way and, and that's one of our struggles. Uh, but we're trying to stay consistent. Now, speaking to podcasts, I mean, Spotify just came out and uh, we talked about Neil Young saying it's either Joe Rogan or me. And I think we want to make an announcement tonight that if Spotify takes Joe Rogan off, Stevie and I have decided that we and our four followers were gone. Right, Steve? We're gone. Solidarity. We want solidarity on the show. We're all about that. And then yeah, I find yeah. out Joni Mitchell took off too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and then I think uh, my wife told me tonight that uh, Harry is Harry and what's his wife's name? The princess. Um, oh, Megan Markle. Yeah, they're yeah, talking yeah. now that they want off. Are we as a society, like censorship never was a thing, and now censorship seems to be you know, if we don't like something, we're just, is it, is it a change in society or is, can we stock it all up to COVID? Is it COVID? No, I, I, th- I think that uh, several things are happening simultaneously in society. One of them is COVID, but this is, this is endemic of, of another trend, which is the cancel culture trend, right? Yeah. Now, Spotify is a private organization. Uh, it uh, it has a right to decide what's on its platform and what isn't on its platform. But these platforms become so huge that it has an impact on society. And, and that this is the thing we haven't we haven't sorted out yet. Uh, you know, because they have such market power. Uh, now you could say, well, you know, if 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 Rogan isn't there, he'll go somewhere else. But where is he going to go? I, I guess yeah. he could go to Substack or something like that. But he might lose half of his. Uh, his followers. So uh, I think this is a real problem. And uh, now I, I note uh, that, um, uh, that Spotify has announced that they're going to have some sort of code of conduct or, or yeah, warning, yeah. La- warning label. Maybe that'll diffuse the thing, but uh, they, they lost like $3 billion in market cap over this. So it's not, not just the hundred million dollars they invested in Joe Rogan, their 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 stock value was down three billion dollars uh, when this thing just started. So they they needed to find a solution. I get that. Was that it, all Neil Young, scary. or was that, uh, that? I don't think that was all Neil Young that they went down that in value. It was just a combination of things, though, was it not, Jody? Or well, or? I don't know. I I think yeah, that, I had read I had read that it was kind of the market sorting itself out when it came to. Spotify on some certain things. So I, I wouldn't, I know there's a lot of people that read a lot into that, but uh, my understanding is that that was not the case. Um, then it, and it should bounce back relatively soon. So, so Steve, Steve, if they bring this code of conduct in, when we go back on all our podcasts and episode, how many will we have to pull? Uh, uh, like percentage wise yeah. or like how many, uh, yeah, like we're, we're going to, we're going to have a good four that we can keep up there. I'm sure of it. So Maybe we three and a half. Can you go halves on, can you go halves on an episode? So we, we come from a, a, an area. So my former, uh, member of parliament here, it was, was Derek Sloan. I'm in his riding and Steve is from a riding, uh, Calgary Nose Hill. And uh, oh, yeah. you probably never heard of his MP. What was Michelle her name? Michelle Rempel. Yeah, there you yeah. go. She's quiet. She never Michelle says like, to. Michelle likes to keep a low profile. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we, exactly. we come from different backgrounds. Uh, but, uh, and of course, now I'm represented by Shelby Cramp, who is Daryl's uh, daughter. And Daryl right. is my MPP right now. And who's your who's in in Calgary for you there, Stevie? Like for M we, for, for, uh, well, provincial. we call them, we call them MLAs here. You know? Yeah. So we, we, we work things a little bit differently. And, um, 
That's a very, very good question. <laughs> so I, uh, somebody really hey, high. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just take a guess and assume they're part of the UCP. How about that yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. Bruce? That's a safe assumption. So Tony, yeah. tell us about how you got into politics and you were provincial first, and maybe talk a yeah. bit about that. You were under uh, you were under uh, Mike Harris and Ernie Eves, and just maybe tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I I've been involved in politics as a volunteer for most of my life, and then. Uh, took the plunge. I became president of the Ontario PC party uh, before the 1995 election and then ran as a candidate uh, for Mike Harris in that election, was successful in, uh, in a riding in Brampton and uh, worked my way up. Uh, I was a backbencher at first and then worked my way up into a cabinet position. So I was in cabinet for six and a half years, ran for leader, uh, lost, uh, and, uh, and then um, uh, was defeated in the 2003 election. And I thought that was kind of it. I, you know, shot my bolt. But um, another riding north of Toronto uh, called Perry Sound Muskoka approached me and said, hey, we think you'd be the right guy to run federally for us. We've had a liberal for 13 years, but we think you can defeat him. And so that's what I did. I, I won the nomination there. I ran. I won by 28 votes uh, initially in 2006. Wow. 28 votes. Point- Zero point zero one percent, and then uh, and then became the the MP there for almost fourteen years, and so it was like a second career, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be part of Stephen Harper's government uh, immediately in cabinet for, and and did that for nine and a half years, and uh, and then was in opposition for four years. Didn't like that too much. No. So here here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now Jody, I, I'm going to ask you a question. You've been involved uh, municipal. You've been involved in all levels of politics. You know, last year, a uh, good friend of mine, and, and I think we try and talk about this on the show, um, where we need to talk to people who are d- of different persuasions, that have different opinions than us. Uh, you know, if we're all on the conservative side, just talking about conservative things and people that agree with us, it's good to see things from other angles. So I have a very good friend who's, who's, uh, who is a liberal, and we got talking about, you know, mid-2021 about what would the pandemic look like if Kathleen Wynne were in power? versus Doug Ford. How would that look? And he came to the conclusion last year, he says, I don't think it would look any different. I think it would be very similar with how it played out. So my question to you, and then I'm going to go over to Tony, if Stephen Harper were in power, how much different would our response be from a federal standpoint than Justin Trudeau's response? So first to you, Jody, and then to you, Tony. Yeah, that's a, it's a very good question. Actually on the provincial side, I, I would tend to agree. I, I mean, I think that I would say that Doug Ford has probably leaned a little too much into the uh, medical lobby, the health lobby side of things. Uh, again, just my opinion, but uh, I think we're going to see obviously some shifting of that relatively quick uh, in the weeks and months to come. On the federal level, I, I think that there would be more. I'd like to, sorry, I'd like to believe that there would be more um, choice uh, involved when it came to certain mandates. Uh, certain restrictions, uh, what the what the feds were asking people to adhere to. Um, and look, I don't, I don't know about you, and I, I'd love to hear your comments, but I feel, you know, in light of this convoy, again, could be the circles I'm running with, there is really a shift going on. Yeah, yeah. Like I, my, I'll give you an example. I, I won't say who they are, but some good friends that came down from... Tell the, us their name, what it rhymes with, just so we can kind of yeah. figure... <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Rhymes with um, Stephen so anyway, Harper. No, so they came down from uh, they came down from the Guelph area, and very 
you know, double vaxxed, uh, you know, followed all the restrictions, you know, did everything they're supposed to do. They came down and they said to me, and I was shocked at this. They said, we're done wearing masks. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they went, they went like, they went to the liquor store here in Belleville. They went to sport check at the mall, the whole family, no masks. No one said a thing. I, I was like, I'm not even there yet. No, I'm want, not there either. I just don't have the guts to do that yet. Yeah. Anyway, it's, I can tell you that that sentiment I think is yeah. creeping more and more out there. And I think there's something happening, but you know what? I, again, I'd like to believe that under Stephen Harper, if he was the leader, that things would be different and probably not as, not as tight. I, I would like to say. Tony, we, we value your, you worked with Stephen Harper for many sure. years. Uh, what, what is your opinion? Yeah, I, I think at the outset, uh, things would have been less chaotic. I, I think we would have probably done some, uh, some controls at the border uh, sooner under Harper, right. actually, yep. uh, because that was one of the things that happened after the, the after the cow was out of the barn, as it were. But the I think the the biggest difference would have been the 2021 election where Justin Trudeau uh, did a did a little bit of polling and research, figured he could uh, victimize a segment of the population, a minority of the population, the the unvaxxed. Uh, you know, 20% of the population at that, at that moment and run a whole campaign against them and, and, and basically saved his political ass because he was, he was in a tailspin at that point. And I, you know, that, that was what he did coming out of the start of his political career where he said, I, I'm the great unifier after all of the division of Stephen Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sunny ways. I'm the unifier. Harper is the divider. I'm the unifier. And then what did he do in 2021? He was the divider. So uh, I I don't think that Stephen Harper would have ever done anything like that. Yeah. And I, I I would concur with that. We are a divided, Steve and I were talking on the the last podcast. We were just divided and, and we have been quiet. Uh, My wife and I have been quiet on the sidelines and, and we've done, you know, we've stayed home, we've social distanced, we haven't had people in our home, we've done those things. And after two years, uh, it's, you know, the, the things have been taken away. And so my wife was like, you know what, we're going out when the convoy is going through, we're going out. So we went out just down the road here. And, and uh, I will tell you, I, I have never felt more patriotic standing out there with our neighbors waving the Canadian flag. And I just felt, you know, we're doing our part. And when I came home, I come to find out I'm a misogynist, uh, you know, uh, yeah. white nationalist, and I got all these messages, and I'm like, wait a second, like, what? Like, I've never, like, the, I guess I felt in 2009, 2010, when the, when the torch was going across Canada, I thought, I felt really, you know, on fire, and but I honestly felt so patriotic and just pure, like, we're not angry, I'm just standing up for freedom and and then i find out wait a second there's a whole segment that think it's not about this uh, you know it's that it's about the vaccine and i'm like the people that i know it's not the vaccine they're they're upset they're all double vaxxed they're all they're doing the things i, I heard of a trucker who was coming through and he pulled up at uh, buffalo coming across went to show him his passport and they said oh we already know we we ran it through we we know you're vaccinated and he's like wait a minute this stops now the government's got too much control and and how do we get beyond this divide? I mean, COVID at some point, what year was COVID going to end, Stevie? 
I say 2027. That's okay. My, that's my guess right now, but uh, we'll see what when happens. When it eventually ends, how do we get past this? Like, we are divided. Joe Biden was supposed to unite, uh, and it, it's more divided. Justin Trudeau was supposed to unite. It's more divided. How do we get beyond this, Jody? That's a, it's a question that we've tackled on our show many a time, and, uh, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I, you know, I don't think there's an easy answer. I think there needs to be, I think there needs to be understanding on both sides that it's okay to have a different viewpoint. Yeah. Um, I think the one of the biggest things I see is the ability with social media. Um, it really allows people to, and not that this is a bad thing to a certain degree, but they can be empowered pretty quickly by people they don't even know because yeah, yeah. there's a mob that will run, run and back them up, right? On both sides. And so I find that, you know, people are very quick to tear people down uh, because, quite frankly, it's very easy to do so. And there's lots of people that will help you do it. Yeah. And it's it's very frustrating. But, you know, I, I've, I've bitten my tongue more than once, especially this past week and weekend. I'll tell you right now, I've never unfollowed so many people on my Instagram <laughs> and Facebook than I have in the last four days. You still follow me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> until this week, until this weekend, Bruce. <laughs> when you saw me aware, waving the Canadian flag, and and I, I, I went and followed. Like I've got family who I went and saw what they liked. I don't know if they were aware that you can tell on Twitter what you like and what you comment yeah. on. And I saw it, and I'm like, whoa! Like you see the inside heart of people, and I'm like, oh, that disappoints me. Uh, Tony, what do you do with? Uh, social media and with you know people that write you and say negative things how do you handle that i post and ghost uh you know i i uh quite frankly uh you know i used to now i'm not saying i'm completely oblivious to it now it's probably some times where it does get under my skin but uh uh quite frankly uh i use social media to advertise their podcast to advertise my television show i think i posted about uh about uh, Dr. Johnny Fever today yes. passing away, you know, was- uh, uh, RIP, uh, you know, and uh, so th- I use it for those purposes, but I, I am not engaging the way I used to because it's, it's too toxic. Uh, maybe a little bit more on Instagram, but Twitter, Facebook, forget it. It's just yeah. a too toxic an environment and that's better for my mental health. Yeah, uh, we're we're actually mirroring a conversation that Joe Rogan had with Dr. Jordan Peterson, where yeah. uh, Jordan Peterson was saying on Rogan's show, "Well, yes, I I read the comments, and it's it, you know, and and Joe was saying, stop reading the comments. Yeah. it's not good for you. Yeah, yeah. you know, and 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 I and I agree. I I think I, I, the the only quibble I have with what Jody said is that you know I I just draw a complete distinction between the social media toxic carnival. Uh, and real people. I, I really believe that Canadians in their heart, there are exceptions, of course, mm-hmm. but generally Canadians in their hearts uh, respect one another, want to have a respectful dialogue, want to understand one another, want to listen to one another, want to get uh, our, the, our love their country or proud of their country, want it to be a better country. Uh, and, and, and so I think that's how most Canadians uh, attack these issues, and, but that isn't what is represented in the mainstream media, uh, because that doesn't give you more clicks, and it yeah. isn't represented on social media. So, so I, I I get comfort from that because I I you know I represented hardworking uh, people in my riding uh, in Paris, Muskoka, and 
they're salt of the earth. They're not richy rich. They are, you know, they, they have to work for a living and they have to, you know, get food on the table. Those are the people that are really the foundation of this country. Yeah. And I think I, I get, uh, I, I've got some good friends who worked for Stephen Harper, the ransoms. I, they used to be the photographer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason, Jason and uh, Deb. Debbie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and I was with them just before, uh, probably in October up and uh, they were working on a campaign for someone, uh, federally that didn't get in and, they started talking to me and they said, we need to get you to run Bruce down in, down in Belleville. I said, I, I don't want to run. And I said, I, I've got too much of a soft skin. I can't. And they, their comment and the people that were with them, they said, no, no, don't read anything. Just let us post it and keep to your principles. Don't read anything. Um, and the other comment that came up that, have you ever changed your opinion, Steve, after reading something on social media? You know, when someone says, I normally don't post my opinion, but I'm going to rant and, and say this. Have you ever <laughs> changed your mind on anything based on what you read on social media uh you know what it's it's pretty rare and the more ranty it gets the more i'm up against it yeah yeah. i think i just i sort of love what tony said like i think there's a there's a canadianism and i I don't want to pick on our neighbors to the south but there's a very unique canadian identity and perspective that's was in in the formation of our nation that i'm worried we're losing a bit of yeah, and, and and I I just don't perceive Canadians to be and this may be a generalization, but but ranty by nature. Yeah, uh, maybe that feels like a rap album. Uh, no, it's different. It's not. <laughs> naughty, uh, naughty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, Jody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I don't. And and it just it always shocks me now that I would say even in the last five years, like we just seem to be that seems to be acceptable behavior. And I just I, yeah. I don't. It doesn't feel like it. It has been historically. So I I don't. Like, I just think that we like, I just love the idea that we should be able to just hear each other out and, and talk about our differences. Right. Yeah. I, I was involved years ago in the, the young reformers. So way back in the day with Preston Manning and I went to Ottawa and there was Preston Manning there and there was like 40 of us. Right. There was just 40 young people there. And there was this one guy that was he had like a big phone, a cell phone, and he had these fancy shoes and he was a young reformer. And I I didn't know who he was, but he he commanded some presence when he walked in our room. But he was my age. And it was a guy named Ezra Levant. And Ezra was there. And I knew right from the get go. And Ezra has has ruffled a few feathers over the years. But we need to be able to talk about things and talk them out without getting offended um, and I had to check myself because I, I read something about a local retailer who I buy a lot of things from. And then they went on a rant about how terrible the truckers were, how terrible this was, how terrible that was. And I'm like, I buy all my stuff there. <laughs> I don't feel like buying it there anymore, but I'm like, no, no I, I, I got to do it. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be a hypocrite and, and do what I say. You know, I don't want to be that polarizing, but how do we get out of it? And, um, well, the strange thing, I, th- this is the strange thing about the times we're in. You know, liberalism used to mean you were tolerant of diversity <laughs> of opinion. Yeah. That was the traditional definition of liberalism. And But the liberals of today are the exact opposite of that. They They not only disagree with you, but they disagree with your right to say something that they find offensive. Uh, and we've, we've got to get out of that. I, you know, I, it was, uh, it, it was from the French revolution that somebody said, you know, I disagree with what, with what you say, but I'll defend to the death of your right to say it. And, yeah, uh, that, that's that, almost are, an alien oh, concept. It's now. gone. I, I was going to play a, a little quote here. And, uh, this, the first quote was from four years ago. We are a society that stands up for people's rights. And when governments fail, 
to respect people's rights, we all end up paying. I think that is uh, the lesson that hopefully future governments will draw from uh, this settlement. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science. So four years difference. Uh, what happened? What do you think happened from the, over that four years? I'll start with think, Steve. Oh, we'll start with Tony and then we'll go to Jody and then to Steve. I think it's good politics for Trudeau. He, he understands who votes for him and how they think. And he is willing to, uh, uh, genuflect to that sentiment. Is that leadership? Is that principal leadership? I don't think it is because I think that a, a principal leader would say, you know what, these people, we may not, we may not agree with them, but they are Canadians. They're passionate about their country. They just think differently than we do. Let's try to have a, let's try to have a dialogue to get to a better place. But no, the easy way is to, is to denigrate them, to demonize them, to make them unhuman, yeah, and uh, we all know where that leads. I'm not. I don't want to draw too many analogies because I think it can be overdrawn. But it, it's not the right kind of leadership in a in a nation like Canada. And speaking of photography, I know uh, something came out today. I yesterday I said I'm never getting on Twitter again. I was so mad, so angry. And then today, of course, I get on Twitter and and I see a picture of the PM's photographer. I forget his name, but he's out right in front of the flag. The um, uh, the Confederate flag taking a photo and you almost wonder, was this staged, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, Jody, your opinions. Yeah, I think, I think with that Confederate flag, by the way, I think they did find that that was somebody who was uh, put there on purpose. Was it? Throughout the weekend. Yeah. Wasn't that frustrating? Uh, awesome. And they asked him the people that were involved in the protest asked him to leave. There's video uh, on there. Uh, going back to what Tony was talking about, your original question, it pulls well for Trudeau with that kind of language, right? And it solidifies who he has. My my thing is, though, is I think he's kind of awakening a sleeping giant of people that he might not have been aware of that are quiet, maybe yeah. sometimes hesitant to vote and haven't been saying a lot. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you, a lot of them are coming out of the woodwork. When I start to see uh, mothers, um, friends of mine that are typically not very vocal at all about politics that actually went up to this protest. Yeah. Me, that speaks volumes. And I think that, I don't know, I think there's a movement going on and this could come back and bite him, but absolutely. I mean, it's working for him or he feels it's working for him and it, it is resonating with a certain population. So my only comment and Steve and I talked about this before was unless there's a change in the urban vote, the rural is kind of all always there, but the urban, unless there's a change, I think we're going to have the same results over and over again unless unless we have a change and and what what is calgary thinking through all this steve yeah i was you and i were talking a bit off air calgary has undergone a pretty massive shift calgary and edmonton i'll say that as as cities because i moved here 10 years ago from from southern ontario as did i feel like a quarter of southern ontario uh moved to calgary and edmonton uh you know 10 15 years ago uh and and if you look at our mayoral votes historically calgary was sort of very much conservative mayors throughout history. And the last two in Calgary and the last two in Edmonton uh, have been very much, I would consider to be liberal uh, mayors. And so uh, I think that sort of speaks in a lot of ways to the fact that 
you know, there's this perception about about the West uh, and the prairies in general. And I think when you look at the urban centers, uh, I, I mean, I, for the way I'm seeing it, uh, it's it's a divide that we find all over the place here as well with, you know, with the, the wild rose. I remember joking with someone that said in Alberta, the conservative party isn't conservative enough. So we need a more conservative party than the conservative party (laughs) in order. And, and that, and that's how it operates here. And so, but I think, I think what I've seen here uh, is that it very much is, is the, you know, the perception uh, at least here in Calgary uh, is, is very much, uh, I, I would say liberal leaning in terms of, of their thoughts. And, like we were saying off air, I think there's a massive migration from Vancouver, yeah. uh, from Toronto, from from those places to come to these cities. And so I think the, the, that's become a bit more of a, I think that becomes more polarizing. I guess the question I was I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm a political novice compared to you guys, is it when you, you're talking about sort of Justin's ability uh, to sort of, uh, and I would say I like by polarizing, I would say he's he's trying to capture some that are on, you know, sort of the very far left. Is it as a, as a political strategy? Is it is it a better strategy to or or, or sort of a, a an easier path to election to try to get these people that exist on the polls rather than try to appear more centrist? Like why why would he be trying trying to to get to those people? Well, uh, let me let me say a couple of things. First of all, on the on the first question of of uh, urban areas, uh, I I really do believe that uh, conservatives have to be in some form or manner populist in order to break into these uh, right. urban areas. And you look at Doug Ford, for instance. You yeah, know, he yeah. ran on a populist agenda, and he won seats in uh, you know in North York and Scarborough and Etobicoke and and the nine hundred five area of Toronto. Uh, and so you you can break in, but it, it it isn't by the traditional ways of conservatism from 1955. Right, uh, right. Obvious point, but I, I think it, it deserves to be made. You know, uh, so uh, what does that mean for the for the future? Uh, you know, uh, second part of your question was uh, was what what again? Sorry. Well, well, like just just like what? Why are they going after what it appears to me? Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the poll type people rather than the center. Yeah, because they they uh, their strategy. First of all, the liberal strategy has been the same for 100 years since 1920. <laughs> uh, it's king or chaos in 1920 or 22. That was their slogan: William Lyon Mackenzie King or chaos. So it's basically a riff on that uh, every single election. So you have to vote liberal because if you don't vote liberal, these crazy scary guys will get in. Yeah, yeah. And so they they managed to coalesce. The a few green votes here, a few NDP votes there, uh, and and that's what they do. And and they they've been under Trudeau quite successful with the wedge issues to do that. Uh, so that's that's their strategy. Now, what they've done at the same time, I call it being a thermostat rather than a thermometer. Like they're not mm-hmm. taking the temperature of the country only; they're trying to move the temperature of the country. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and so, uh, you know, with uh, legalizing weed and, uh, you know, kicking out the senators and doing all these other things in 2015, they were able to and then uh, having gender parity in, in the cabinet and all these things they they were able to, um, you know, get a bit more of the zeitgeist and move people further left from where it was under Stephen Harper. 
So uh, that, that I think is the strategy and it will continue to be the strategy because they, they want to, they, they want to do car, you know, net zero on carbon and they want to goodness knows what their agenda is. I don't think they even know what their agenda is on indigenous. Uh, doesn't seem to be helping indigenous people, but they, they always claim they have an agenda. Uh, so, so I think that's, that's ultimately the chief strategist is Gerald Butts. And I actually think he's a very good strategist, a very clever strategist. But he's and, not and working that, for them now, is he? Or is he? Oh, but yeah. yeah he, well, he's not technically in yeah. the prime minister's office, but come on. Uh, he's so, just a tweet away. So, you know, he's, they're, they're all there and, and that's what they want. They want to transform the country in, in their image, which is what a government wants to do if it, if it, if it actually stands for something. Um, their problem is they have an incompetent leader, uh, you know, who doesn't actually get anything done, but that's what they want. I'm not saying they're going to get there. Uh, Steve, I'll, I'll pose the question to you and then we'll, we got to finish up the podcast. But the question to you is because so many people are moving out West and, and the, the change in, is happening out West, is that the reason why my MP who's tended to relocate to Banff Aldry uh, for the last federal election, is that the reason why Derek Sloan did not win in Banff Aldry? Or was it the fact that he wore a big old belt buckle with white tennis shoes instead of cowboy boots? What was the reason that he did not win there? Yeah, there may have been a little a little more market research required before he parachuted himself uh, <laughs> in, into uh, into the areas just north of uh, and and just west of Calgary. So yeah, Jody, what's next on the show for uh, on your podcast? Who do you got coming up uh, as future guests? Well, this week we actually have uh, Tim Hudak. Uh, yes, from, uh, or Ria, uh, which is Real Estate Association Ontario Real Estate Association. Um, and to, is he the what is he the president or what's his CEO CEO and so he's coming up and then we've got uh, another MP Michelle Ferrari who when you open her when you open up a mic in front of her you never forget so (laughs) I love those shows yeah, we're we're looking forward to this one. So that'll be good. Uh, and Tony, you you are passionate about sports, and I think you and I, from what I see on your social media, you and I share the same uh, hockey yes. team. Yes. What has happened with the Montreal Canadiens this year? I, I guess last uh, last year was lightning in a bottle, eh? And yeah. uh, you know, uh, did you get to any of the playoff games? Uh, no, that's a whole no. other issue. I had tickets yeah. in my inbox ready to oh go, my gosh. and my son goes, "I don't think I want to go." And it was the only game they won in the finals. I had them ready to buy. I can't. He's got to be out of earshot. You should have phoned me. Oh, I should have. I should have gone. <laughs> but I've got my Shane Wright jersey here in the back yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. looking for. If we're going to lose, we might as well lose it uh, and go for Shane Wright. So yeah, no, obviously a lot of things. The wheels have fallen off in a lot of ways, and everybody's already looking forward to the next season rather than this one. So it's, um, hey, you know, uh, it was fun. It was a fun ride uh, last spring, and uh, it was full of excitement. Nobody oh, expected it. Cinderella team. It was uh, so fun playing way above their their pay grade. Oh, and yeah. uh, good for them. It was very entertaining. What did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Well, folks, looking at the clock, that what? is all the time we have tonight. I want to thank you, Jody and Tony for joining us. You know what? It's good to talk these issues out. There's a lot going on in our country, and I think more of this needs to happen where we need to discuss ideas and uh, get on the same page. So uh, the podcast is called And Another Thing, and you heard it right here. If Rogan goes off Spotify, you guys are gone too? Gone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 
Uh, Stevie, thanks for tuning in and keep Calgary under wraps up there and uh, just under control. For I'll the edge like of that. Tom Foolery, my name is Bruce Mackey. I'm Steve Hite. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>